Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Forecast today for Riverside is set to reach a comfortable 76.3 degrees, cooling to 62.7 as the sun sets. Now, let's dive into the headlines that we'll unpack in today's show. We're scrutinizing the declining state of democracy in the United States, exploring insightful proposals for change and waking our collective awareness. Then, we delve deep into the murky waters where tech meets personal liberty with PIMIs and growing concerns over facial recognition technology's implication on online stalking. We'll transport you beyond the Earth to NASA's Psyche mission, elucidating the origins and cores of rocky planets, an astronomical adventure you won't want to miss. And finally, drama in the retail world as the FTC and 17 state attorneys general launch accusations against Amazon for unfair practices, fueling the fiery debate on monopoly power. Stay tuned for these stories and more on Alex's news. Our top story today focuses on the state of democracy in the United States, as analyzed by Lee Drutman, a senior fellow at New America. For more on that, we have Ethan joining us. Thank you, Grace. Drutman presents quite an analysis of the political situation unfolding in the country, particularly in the lead-up to the 2024 elections. Now, Ethan, the article refers to a deterioration of democracy. What exactly does that mean and what factors does Drutman identifies as contributing? Well, Grace, in simpler terms, when we talk about a deteriorating state of democracy, we're referring to situations where democratic principles and structures are under threat or are weakening. In this context, Drutman identifies several factors. Hyperpolarization, meaning extreme divisions in ideologies and party preferences, increased instances of political violence, the rampant spread of misinformation, and the rising trend of authoritarianism. The article also mentions the internal divisions within the Republican Party. Can we delve into that? Of course, Grace. This is where it gets interesting. According to Drutman, voters seem to be remarkably entrenched in their individual party preferences, yet, there's widespread dissatisfaction with the state of democracy. He discusses the divisions within the Republican Party, where different factions hold contrasting views on the party's direction. However, despite these divisions, he predicts that Donald Trump is still a strong contender for the 2024 Republican nomination. What might be the implications of a contested election, as hinted in this article? Grace, the implication is quite significant. Contested election results can lead to uncertainty and instability, and potentially even violence. Particularly in a close election, these uncertainties get amplified. The article also underscores the role foreign countries, like China and Russia, play in undermining confidence in the electoral process and stirring violence. It seems Drutman proposes a solution for this situation? Yes, he certainly does. He suggests that the U.S. could benefit from having more political parties. According to him, this deviation from the binary system could lead to a more fluid and inclusive political landscape. He speaks about changes in the electoral system, including proportional representation and multi-member districts, which would serve to represent voters who feel unrepresented by the current system. And finally, Ethan, what does he foresee for the future of American democracy? Despite the challenges, Drutman expresses optimism. He sees tension between calcification or hardening of political positions and widespread dissatisfaction as unsustainable. 
He believes an upgrade to democracy is both possible and inevitable. Thanks, Ethan, for breaking down this complex issue for us. That was quite insightful. My pleasure, Grace. Thanks for staying with us. Already on to our second story of the day. Chloe, our technology reporter, is joining us to talk about a facial recognition search engine called PimEyes. This software has been used to identify people leading to stalking and surveillance concerns. Chloe, can you break down the situation for our listeners? Absolutely, Grace. PimEyes is attracting attention due to its potential misuse. It allows users to upload a photo, and the system then identifies that face across the internet. While this can have genuine uses such as tracking down old photos or maybe even finding stolen picture content online, it's been noted that some internet sleuths are using it to identify strangers, obviously raising significant privacy issues. You mentioned the potential for stalking concerns. Are there any federal regulations or laws that could curb such behavior? Well, Grace, this is a murky area. The use of facial recognition technology currently lacks federal regulations in the U.S. This essentially gives private companies significant control over how and where faces are recorded, leading to possible misuse and abuse risks. It's surprising no protections are in place yet. Has there been a response from bigger tech corporations? Many of the larger tech companies, like Google, do possess this technology, yet they appear reluctant to release these tools. The major driving concern is not just the potential for misuse, but the potential for abuse as well. Concerns are invariably global then. Is there any ongoing advocacy or campaign against the use of such technologies? Yes, one great example is the Reclaim Your Face campaign. It advocates against using biometric data, like faces, for surveillance, emphasizing the idea of individual privacy rights. That's a fascinating movement. Besides the United States, how does the rest of the world react to these issues? Europe is a great example. In the EU, there have been debates about banning facial recognition technology in public spaces. This reflects the global concern about this technology's implications. In terms of potential implications, where might we see the issue of facial recognition technology heading? The future of facial recognition technology hinges on how we balance the legitimate uses of the technology with potential misuse. Stricter regulations may emerge as the conversation continues, especially as we continue to negotiate the balance between security, surveillance, and individual privacy. Right, this conversation will certainly continue as technology advances. Thanks for sharing your insights, Chloe. My pleasure, Grace. See you at the next story. We move on to our third story of the day, and this one literally reaches for the stars. In an exciting development in the field of space exploration, NASA is set for an ambitious mission to the metallic asteroid Psyche, located in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Believed to be rich in metals, this asteroid is unique because it's thought to be the core of a planetesimal or small planet. Joining me now for this discussion is Ethan, our specialist correspondent for this particular area. Ethan, exactly how significant is this mission? Well, Grace, this mission holds astronomical scientific value. By studying Psyche's surface, topography, magnetic field, and chemical elements, scientists hope to gain a better understanding of events that occurred in the early years of the solar system. These findings could provide insights into how rocky planets like Earth formed and obtained their metal-rich cores. That sounds fascinating, Ethan, but my understanding is that the spacecraft won't actually be landing on Psyche. Is that correct? 
That's right, Grace. Initially, the Psyche spacecraft will send back images of the asteroid once it reaches there around August 2029. Scientists first need to gather information about its surface before considering any further steps. So, it's a long process, but a crucial one. I see. Now this is not just a NASA project, is it? They're not going it alone? Absolutely, Grace. The mission is indeed a collaboration between several institutions, including Arizona State University and NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. It demonstrates the high degree of collaboration and innovation within the field of space exploration. Now, Ethan, walk us through this. How will the spacecraft get to Psyche? Great question, Grace. The Psyche spacecraft is scheduled to blast off on October 12th, atop a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket from NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida. It'll embark on a six-year journey of approximately 2.2 billion miles to reach the asteroid. It'll be equipped with scientific instruments to gather all necessary data about Psyche's surface, gravitational influence and its chemical elements. Interestingly, it will employ a solar electric propulsion system with xenon propellant, a testament to the advancements in propulsion technology. Sounds like a daring voyage. Apart from the obvious scientific importance, what are some potential implications of this mission, Ethan? Well, Grace, studying Psyche could bring us crucial information about the early solar system and the core composition of rocky planets, including Earth. Such knowledge might influence future space explorations or even have implications for mining resources in outer space, although that's purely speculative at this point. Definitely intriguing to consider. Lastly, Ethan, remind us again of the timeline for this mission. We're looking at a projected launch date on October 12th, and the journey to Psyche will take around six years. So the real action, scientifically speaking, will start when the spacecraft reaches the asteroid in August 2029. It'll certainly be exciting to follow along. Ethan, thank you so much for taking us through this. Always a pleasure, Grace. We're touching on our final news item today. Amazon, one of the world's largest and most influential corporations, Amazon, is accused of unfair practices against third-party sellers. Chloe, you gained some insight looking into the situation. That's right, Grace. Amazon is under fire from the Federal Trade Commission, better known as the FTC, about how it handles its relationships with third-party sellers. They allege that Amazon prioritizes their own products, undercutting the prices of others in the process. Also, Amazon apparently forces these sellers to utilize their shipping services, feeding further into their financial hold over sellers. Can you give us a concrete example of this imbalance? Certainly, Grace. A prime example centers around top-shelf brands. They sold hair and beauty products on Amazon, employing over 40 people and earning $10 million in revenue. On paper, they seemed like a success story, but they collapsed. They simply couldn't compete with Amazon's aggressive tactics. That sounds disheartening. So, are they the only victim? Unfortunately not, Grace. Top Shelf Brands is part of a bigger pattern. As the FTC lawsuit highlights, many third-party sellers face similar challenges. They're thrown out of the market when Amazon begins selling similar products, effectively crushing any competition. Sellers have also found the lack of customer support and being unable to directly contact their own customers especially troubling. Now, this is reminding me of railroad antitrust cases from history. You're on the button, Grace. There's a definite parallel here. In those cases, railroad monopolies abused their power, stifling competition just like Amazon allegedly is now. Critics are now proposing a breakup of Amazon to promote fair competition. 
How has Amazon responded to such severe allegations? Amazon emphatically disagrees with the FTC's claims. They argue that third-party sellers benefit immensely from their platform and they've built an extensive delivery network that's undoubtedly the dominant force in U.S. online retail. This all seems rather weighted, doesn't it? Anyone speculating on potential consequences or outcomes? It's predicted that this could lead to major changes in corporate practices, Grace. Regardless of the lawsuit's outcome, it's clear that the need for fair competition and better protective measures for independent sellers are coming under intense scrutiny. Important to note that the information you've shared comes primarily from an NPR article, right? Yes, indeed, Grace. NPR has done an excellent job shedding light on the struggles faced by small businesses within Amazon's marketplace. This lawsuit could be a catalyst for change, but only time will tell. Absolutely, Chloe. It's a realm of online shopping we tend not to see as consumers. Thank you for shedding light on this critical subject, Chloe. Always a pleasure, Grace. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.